The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Pound. As anyone who has ever decided to not drink for any reason has probably found, other people don't make it easy for you to not drink. If you're a woman, People ask if you're pregnant. If you don't drink at all, people wonder if something went seriously wrong or there's a problem. We as a society have a not always healthy relationship to alcohol and it's not good for us. We work pretty hard to ignore the fact that alcohol is a serious carcinogen and we work even harder to ignore the social effects, medical effects and the costs. Because if we did pay mind to all that, when someone says they're not drinking, we'd probably recognise that as the better idea. But it's not like that yet. This week's guest is well known to everyone that would be into this podcast and is in fact a former guest, Eat My Lunch's Lisa King. She decided to take a break from drinking earlier this year and the weird reactions that caused led her to re-evaluate her and our general relationship with drinking. She's now helping amplify the conversation around changing our relationship to drinking and helping make it easier to take control of your choices with her new venture, AF Drinks. The first products are alcohol-free gin and tonics that actually taste good, and they'll be hitting supermarkets everywhere shortly. To talk saving non-drinkers from horrible orange juice, starting an alcohol-free drinks company, and the reaction and reception so far... Lisa King joins us now. Tanakwe, thank you for being here. Thank you. Hey, so um, it's been a while since the, the last chat. First up, kind of, how are things going with, with Eat My Lunch? Yeah, well, I think like for everyone, you know, it's, this year's been a bit crazy. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first lockdown was certainly a challenge for Eat My Lunch. And anyone who knows our model, it's a buy one, give one. And our customers are corporate customers who buy lunches for meetings and events. And so when we went into lockdown, you know, that revenue stream pretty much went, um, you know, overnight. And then we also had the challenge of fact that schools were closed. And, you know, the big issue for us was, well, how do we actually get food to the kids who need it? Um, so yeah, that kind of first lockdown was almost like starting the business again. Mm-hmm. You know, we really had to reinvent what we were doing and think about what we were really good at. And I think, you know, we've talked a bit about the fact that we're more a logistics and supply chain company than a lunch making company. And so we kind of use those skills to deliver um, groceries to people's homes. 
um, and also at the same time then deliver food to kids in need to their homes directly. So um, working with the challenges of not just, you know, distancing and um, the increased health and safety requirements and procedures, but also delivering from 77 schools every day to 2,000 kids to actually going to 2,000 kids' homes directly um, was quite a big logistical challenge for us. But, um, yeah, we made that work. (laughs) <laughs> and helped that there were no other cars on the road during that time. <laughs> at, at the same time as your revenue stream kind of dries up and then I imagine actually just the logistics around packing, sorting, organising also went uh, you know, into, into overdrive of difficulty. Yeah, and look, I mean, we kind of focused on doing fresh, which is what we're really good at, and so working really closely with our suppliers and Collaborating with other partners, um, you know, we actually developed these fresh grocery boxes for our customers and took it to where they were, which is at home. Um, and you know, we did pretty much the same thing for the kids. So yeah, pretty challenging, um, but I think being able to really identify what we're really good at mm-hmm. and leveraging those and um, you know, helped us make that transition relatively easily. And. What stage is the the business at now? As it's been a real spearhead for a bunch of things around social enterprise and around um, the the equity kind of crowdfunding and and all of these kind of uh, really cool new new elements of of, um, of business. Yeah, how, how how's it kind of going at the moment? Yeah, well, we turned five this year, mm. uh, which was quite a milestone because I remembered like you know when we first started thinking or reading somewhere that like 65, 70% of businesses don't survive the first two years. So in my head, my goal was always like, get to two years. Um, so the <laughs> fact that we're at five is uh, doing well. And, um, you know, the way we, we track our success is always by the number of lunches that we give and the kids we're able to feed. And so to date, we've given you know, 1.57 million lunches. Um, and right now, I think... You know, my personal mission is really about um, trying to inspire and get people thinking about business in a different way and using business as a force of good. And I think particularly coming out of COVID, there's so much more demand for businesses to have a social license to operate in these times. Um, And so I've been kind of working with a lot of other social enterprises and an advisory capacity to really try and lift that visibility in the economy and trying to get businesses to actually think about not just making money but the impact that they can have. Mm. And, and businesses that aren't explicitly social enterprises doing some of that stuff are maybe as part of what they do. Is it's It's been such an interesting thing to watch as you know, kind of the people that do things the best get held to the highest standards on a lot of the stuff as well, uh, don't they? And I guess you've got that, you know, the cliche would be the, the scars on your back, you know, from being right at the front of it with that. Yeah, I think it's, um, it comes with its challenges, you know, when you try and like, or you're seen as like one of the first or <laughs> leading in that area. But it's it's also almost a responsibility mm. to be able to share what you've learned um, and help others get to the same place. Yeah, and then in amongst all that, <laughs> um, tell me about like the 
the genesis of this idea for AF Drinks? Yeah, so at the start of this year, I decided to stop drinking. Um, I had had a couple of bouts of vertigo, and although, you know, there's no medical linkage between <laughs> alcohol and vertigo, I just thought, oh, well, you know, I'll just give that, I'll just stop that for a little while and see if it helps. Um, and I was just, I was really surprised at um, how difficult it is for people to stop drinking, you know, from that kind of social stigma when you tell people you're not drinking. Uh, I didn't expect that to still be around, but it's, you know, it made me realise it's so ingrained in our culture. It's like, why aren't you drinking? You know, mm. what's wrong? And, uh, yeah, well, you know, the um, common question was, are you pregnant? And I'm like, God, no. <laughs> um, but people can't accept that you don't want to drink. Um or that it's this weird thing that you want to do. And I just thought, you know, but I'm making a better choice. I mean, we all know that alcohol isn't great for you. We should probably all cut down. Um, And yet there's this kind of unspoken social pressure. And, you know, when I talked to a lot of people, I remember this woman was saying, you know, she's a reluctant drinker. When she goes out, she orders a drink just so she doesn't have to explain herself. so it just seemed odd that this was happening in a world where we're so, you know, becoming so much more conscious about health and wellness and, and you know, some of the social impacts that alcohol has and even some of the mental yeah. um, impacts of alcohol. And then the other thing I was really surprised is there were just no good non-alcoholic alternatives. And I was I don't want juice. I don't want Coke or water. And that seemed to be all there was on offer when, mm. you know, you go out or you go to an event or even at home. And, um, you know, you get to that five o'clock and you kind of just want to have a really nice drink. And I was, you know, missing my gin and tonics because that was my drink. And I just thought, I, I went to Flavor House and I just said to them, can you make me something that tastes like a gin and tonic, but obviously without the alcohol? And that's kind of how we started um, the idea of AF drinks. Yeah. And that is so interesting, the way that people, if you're not drinking, you know, people will ask the most personal questions. Yeah. Like, oh, you're like, did you have a problem? Oh, oh, you, you had vertigo. Did you, oh, how much were you drinking before yeah. that? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's Even so my own sister was like, the only reason you were getting vertigo is because you're drinking so much. And I said, no, that's not, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 And Punk try and quantify like, oh, well, well, it was a, there were, you know, a level that you'd breached that meant yeah. that there's some kind of a... And that's so funny because, yeah, like... Um, you know, if you decide to have some time off coffee or if you decide to, you know, start going for runs or yeah. something, people aren't like, oh, did you have a really big problem with coffee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you walk very well? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's so weird. Yeah, it was just interesting. And I um, started doing a bit of research. And what I found was overseas that there was this movement that was happening called the Sober Curious Movement and mainly in um, cities like New York and London, and that actually younger, um, particularly women, were recognising that they didn't need alcohol um, in their lives and they could still go out and have fun and socialise without that. Mm. And it's um, picked up so much momentum overseas that they've even opened bars that only serve non-alcoholic drinks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I just, this is what New Zealand needs. Um, and I think, you know, we've got this really entrenched culture around drinking. Um, and I wanted to make it, 
you know, I didn't want to just make a product and do a brand and, you know, that really played to my marketing background and working in FMCG. But again, with this kind of social mission of enabling people to make that choice and be really confident about it and um, normalize it, really. Mm-hmm. And because I think we should all drink a little less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like, um, if you enjoy something and you don't do it in moderation and don't have it within certain bounds in your life, and it isn't necessarily a good. <laughs> that's that's a real that's a real problem, and yet those boundaries um, are, are so interesting. It's been really interesting to see the rise of things like um, in in that kind of movement, like Heineken Zero or, mm. or Seedlip. And Heineken Zero has been a really interesting one. And in that um, I remember um, hearing from someone at Heineken that they brought in what they thought was going to be three months supply when it launched. And it went in three weeks. As there's a real, there's a real keenness out. There must be a lot of people drinking when they don't really want to drink. Yeah, I think we've all thought about it at some point. You know, when I speak to people, everyone's like, "Yeah, you know, I tried giving up for a month, or, you know, I don't drink during the week, um, only in weekends." So I think it's definitely there, and there is a desire to cut back, but it, mentally it's just almost too hard. And someone was telling me a story the other day that they went to a rugby lunch. And so they're at a table full of men, and one of their friends didn't, wasn't drinking, and he ordered kombucha, but he poured it under the table so that no one else could see. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of pressure um, and not not having the ability to go, no, this is my choice, and mm. being okay with it and feel like you're not being judged, yeah. I find that really odd. And, and be able to confidently own it. Like, um, yeah. you know, uh, w- w- women friends have told me stories of, uh, when they are pregnant in the first three months, having to pretend to be drinking so yeah. no one picks up on it, and like having a glass and then going to the bathroom, whoop, shoot, yeah. throwing it <laughs> or sitting on a glass all night and like pouring bits out and refilling, pouring it out. Yeah. Like we shouldn't have to go to such lengths of, of no, subterfuge. It's um, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. You know, if anything, we should be admiring these people yeah. and going, yeah, that's actually a much better choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when if I've, I've, you know, not not you. People asking you, oh, I'm pregnant. (laughs) 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 Closes it down quite quickly. But it's also not about a complete all of nothing, isn't it? Like, um, I guess about having options and choices is there uh, to be the role of, um, yeah, just another choice rather than a complete change. Yeah, I think it's um, becoming more mindful of your relationship with alcohol. And um, yeah, we're not, you know, particularly as a brand, this isn't about preaching to everyone going, you shouldn't drink and everyone should be sober. It's about, um, I think, you know, understanding your relationship with alcohol. And if you want to cut back, that's great. And here's, you know, a community where it's, um, where you feel like actually it's normal. There are lots of amazing people doing that. And I'm not going to be. Um, this kind of social outcast if I do and then you know giving you the tools or the products to be able to do that with so you don't feel like you're missing out Mm. Um, yeah but I think and then when you do have that drink then you know valuing and appreciating that moment rather than it being a all night um, (laughs) (laughs) you know drink until you forget kind of um, event and tell me about how you went around building it so you saw the gap and then went, I'll pop to the flavour house and see if I can make my own. <laughs> and, and so your background was in launching a bunch of different products into the supermarket for some really big brands, hey? Yeah, so um, 
yeah, I've always worked in food and grocery, and so I kind of understood the process of doing that and working with flavour houses. I mean, I've done new flavours on chips, and I've launched new mayonnaise, um, new chocolates. So it just, yeah, it was simply like, oh, I'll just ring these guys and say, <laughs> can you do this? Because um, that, that, that's such a cool reaction. But probably not everyone's reaction when they see a, a, a gap in the market. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I was very clear about what I wanted, that it wasn't just another flavoured water um, or you know, a sparkling water. I actually really wanted an adult drink and something that made me feel like I was having a drink. Um, so we found this extract, which, is, uh, which we've called Afterglow, and it mimics the warmth, or it kind of gives you a little burn as you're drinking it. So it does feel like you're drinking a spirit. Mm. Um, so it's very unique. Um, and, you know, the it was really interesting. We did a blind tasting the other day with a journalist. And um, we had Bombay, Tanqueray, Gordon's, and AF. And he tried to pick which one didn't have alcohol in it. Um and he didn't pick the right one. But before I told him what the, the drinks actually were, I said, oh, well, which one's your favourite? And he said, well, if I had to go and, you know, have some booze and I know it's going to be like a boozy night, I'd definitely choose this one. Um, and he pointed to AF. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely wanted a drink. And I think that's what's been successful about Heineken Zero mm. is that you still feel like and um, it tastes like beer. And that, you know, yeah, that's kind of what we wanted to create it, to create with AF. Kia ora, I'm Sophie. And I'm Simon. And I'm Alice. And together we host the spin-off's food podcast, Dietary Requirements. Join us each month as we explore a vast culinary landscape. From the gourmet. Ooh la la. To your more hearty tucker. Kiwi onion dip, anyone? Everything's on the table in Dietary Requirements. Subscribe wherever you listen to all your other favourite podcasts. There's something quite funny uh, in that, that in order to do something good for yourself, you've got to trick your body that it's hurting you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's burning, it's, it's poison, it's yeah, going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of like, um, you know, you've pulled together uh, a bit of a, a, a dream team of, um, of collaborators there, including uh, my boss at work. So I've been following this process uh, as James <laughs> has been involved uh, in, in it uh, along the way. Yeah, look, I think I couldn't have wished for a more amazing team and um, I'd met Nick Worthington who's the ex-creative chairman of Colenso um, a long time back you know I think when I was doing chips and other things and um, I just went to Nick with this idea and you know I think Nick also was really keen to just help out businesses and entrepreneurs like myself who had an idea but something that would actually make a positive difference in the world and so he kind of pulled together James and Kyle and Arch and a couple of others. And we actually started um, as a team during lockdown. So we didn't meet um, until the end of April. But we kind of just worked through lockdown online. Um, even the flavor development was done during lockdown. Mm-hmm. So the flavor house would just drop samples off at my door. We'd taste them. You know, they'd go away, work on it some more. So... Um, but it's been an absolute dream team because those guys are just brilliant in their own rights. And as a team, I think working on something that's like this and and it's fun as yeah. well. Um, 
James actually came up with the brand name AF. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, it stands for alcohol-free. But, um, you know, we also wanted a brand with attitude and confidence and playing on the meme and, um, you know, that we don't want to hide the fact that, you know, we're not drinking. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and proudly owning those those choices there. Yeah. And in terms of, like, getting a brand like that, I mean, with with your past experience and also with the... Uh, um, uh, my lunch, um, you know, in marketing at having a relationship with some of those big um, players. But, like, it's not easy to get space on supermarket shelves and get out there. How did you go about, um, you know, testing testing the market and, and, and getting it in front of consumers? Yeah, so uh, difficult during lockdown um, to get in front of people, but we had a few... Um, taste testers um, selected for our panel and so you know we'd drop drinks off to them and they would taste and give us feedback Um, but I think it's been really clear in seeing the trends and so you know when we spoke to a couple of the retailers there was definitely a trend and they knew it was coming um, towards non-alcoholic and you know with obviously starting with Heineken Zero but moving into wine and you know there were as you say, you know, seed lip and other non-alcoholic spirits. So, um, but understanding there was also a gap in that, in those choices. So something that's ready to drink, also really affordable, that actually tastes great and tastes like a gin and tonic. So it wasn't too hard, actually, to get um, the retailers on board. And the feedback that we got reminded me very much of I think the feedback that we got on Eat My Lunch, you know, you're never quite sure if your idea is a good one. And then you start telling people and the reactions that you get, you kind of get this feeling like, oh, actually, I think this could be a winner or this could be a good idea. And this was very much the feedback that we got when we started discussing AF and what we wanted it to look like and taste like and um, where we saw the gap in the market. And the feedback's definitely been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Now, where's it going to go? Like, where would you buy it? Would you buy it, like, um, at a, you know, liquor store? Or would you buy it, like, in the, you know, the drink part of the supermarket? Or where, where does it where does Yeah, it so, because it's really a first, um, particularly for supermarkets, there's been quite a lot of discussion. It's like, does it sit with alcohol? Or does it sit with tonics? Or, you know, where does... So, um, it's... You'll find that, hopefully, in the stores that we do well in, as close to alcohol as possible, as well as in the drinks aisles where you might find um, the tonics and other kind of more adult-like beverages. And, yeah, we're selling it through liquor retail stores as well. So the brilliant thing is that we can also go to supermarkets with this product. You know, they don't have any other spirits um, or RTDs in store. Um, So, yeah, we're... Pretty much aiming for nationwide distribution um, across all outlets as quickly as possible. And what's the idea for them? Because, you know, RTD, has, it's such a loaded term, you know, ready <laughs> yeah. to drink, doesn't it? Like, you know, it goes all the way from purple guana and... Um, uh, horrible. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. Right through to, you know, the, the kind of like the world of pals and part-time ranger, yeah. which... Uh, you know, obviously much more in that new generation world. But, like, the gin and tonic as well, like, um, it's such a ritual, a moment, isn't it? Over ice and, you know, at the end of the day and your little kind of reward. Yeah, where, where does this, where does this, where, where's the ideal drink for, drinking occasion for this? Yeah, so, look, we kind of really 
RTD, I think, had in its past a really negative perception. And so the drink that we created definitely needed to meet the modern version of the RTD, which is, you know, healthy, it's low in sugar, um, low calories, you know, all natural, all the things that people are looking for in a drink these days. Um, The insight that we kind of took was a lot of my friends who weren't drinking, you know, they were like, yeah, I can buy a bottle of Seedlip, but... Like, it's expensive, so there's definitely an affordability issue. And then I still have to buy the tonic, and I can't take that to someone's house and leave it there because it costs me $67. (laughs) Um, So, you know, there's this awkwardness from that kind of social interaction. Um, And I think now people also, RTD is the massive growth category in beverages, no doubt, Um, and all the data speaks to that. And so for us, it wasn't about the mixing necessarily, you know, of your spirit and your tonic, but having something that was super convenient, really refreshing, that it's pretty good for you. Um, So when you get home, you know, you can still pour it into a glass or as I found out, many men don't. Um, They just drink it straight out of the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's definitely the convenience and portability factor. which is why we've designed them in 300ml bottles. But it still gives you that premium and specialness about it, um, but it's really affordable. And how's it been, you know, when's it rolling out and how's it been in the last stages of pulling it all together? Uh, You know, um, for anyone who's launched a new product, it was interesting. We kind of got to maybe six weeks ago, where the team was like, this has been really easy. Like, this has been one of the smoothest kind of, you know, new launch, new product launches that we've ever worked on. And, you know, we were like, team was great and everything was just falling into place. Um, And then we did our production trial and that's kind of when all the challenges came. (laughs) And there's been many times in the last week that I didn't actually think we were going to launch so, um, you know, issues with the bottles not arriving from China. <laughs> the, um, we had issues with some of the product itself, um, the wraps around it. We actually had to recall all the product from the warehouses because um, there were some issues with the wrap that goes around it and get that all redone. Um, so in the last few weeks, it's been hugely challenging. I think we just saved up all of the issues for the last. <laughs> <laughs> but now you've worked out how to fix every problem because every problem's happened. My team keeps saying to me, because um, we face a problem and I'm like, surely nothing else can go wrong. And then something else does go wrong <laughs> that we have, have never anticipated. And they're like, can you please stop saying that? Um, <laughs> so, um, and of course, you know, like um, I always like smile at new parents or expecting parents when people, you know, they're about to have a baby and they decide to renovate or move houses. And I'm like, why would you do that? Um, and I moved two weeks ago <laughs> in the middle of all these um, issues that we we're having. But we're finally getting there, and um, we've actually already we're already on shelf in supermarkets in the South Island, and some liquor retail stores um, up in the North Island as well, and hopefully in supermarkets next week for uh, the rest of the country. Awesome. Yeah. And what are the plans for the drink? Is it like for New Zealand, or are there are there these kind of like good drinks for adults that aren't alcohol but fit in the alcohol occasion sized holes in other markets? 
Well, I believe that the opportunity is massive and, um, you know, we've done a lot of research to see what else is there around the world and there really isn't anything similar to what we're um, launching with AF. So New Zealand really is a um, case study for us and a test market and we want to roll this out as quickly as possible because this trend is massive. And, you know, we heard from the retailers even here that they believe in five to ten years' time this non-alcoholic category is going to be bigger than alcohol. Uh, which is quite hard to imagine <laughs> given how big the alcohol category is right now. But, um, you know, you can imagine in places, particularly like, say, Asia, um, uh, I heard someone say that one in four Asians have a gene that means that they can't process alcohol very well, which is why they go bright red, you know, when they drink. And so we think there are definitely really great opportunities um, in markets like that. And as a kind of final thought there, like, what will success be for you with this project? As it's, it's not just kind of getting a product on shelves. As there is that, that idea about trying to lead and and, yeah, make space for people to be able to kind of like, really positively own their choices about not drinking. And yeah, how do you measure and track that? And kind of yeah, you know, what will success be like there? Yeah, uh, it's a, an, an interesting discussion that we've had because it's not as clear cut as something like Eat My Lunch, where we can go, well, we've fed this many kids. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, if we can get as many people replacing alcoholic occasions with AF, that's kind of our measure of success and actually normalizing not drinking, you know, and maybe we can flip that to actually if you drink, people are going to look at you and go, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, because, you know, we we don't talk about it in a serious way through this brand. Um, but alcohol is a massive issue. Um, you know, the three million deaths every year globally that are attributed to alcohol. Uh, about five percent of deaths in New Zealand have a direct link to alcohol. Um, you know, there's all the social issues that come with that, crime, um, domestic violence, and so I think if we can kind of flip that mindset of actually not drinking's okay. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because a couple of years ago. Um, you know, drinking at lunch might have been normal in lots of industries. And now, you know, it's kind of seen as a less healthy and kind of slightly, um, you know, less responsible choice to kind of have more than a drink or really get set in there. And, you know, that's that's quite quick in the scheme of in the scheme of workplace culture. Yeah. And, um, and you know, these days, you know, bars have to have non-alcoholic options. Um, and, you know, workplaces, if they're putting on drinks, um, I just hope that they actually put on now that they're better options for them to provide um, and it doesn't become an afterthought and a little bit probably like you know vegetarians 10 years ago <laughs> on a menu you'd never see or there'll be one vegetarian dish and it was never as good as the meat dishes yeah. um, so we're trying to do that I think with alcohol maybe a non-drinker never ever gets offered a warm glass of orange juice no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so I can't wait to see where, where you take it and thank you so much for coming and sharing the story of that today that's Lisa King uh, of AF Drinks thank you thank you so much Tina Tiller for producing and thank you very much for having us along in your ears cheers you've been listening to Business is Boring presented by Simon Pound Brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation.
from the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.